What is good, everybody? Welcome back into the Blue Bloods, continuing our player spotlight for some of the top players at the FCS level. Going into the 2023 season, we're joined by Sanford quarterback Michael Hires, was a Walter Payton Award finalist, SoCon Offensive Player of the Year last season, was an FCS All-American first team also, SoCon. And I don't know if you know this, Michael, I was looking at the record book before this interview, you actually have the highest completion percentage in a single season in FCS history. I, uh, I, I was, I was aware of that um, about at the end of the season, coach Hatcher is a uh, harps on completion percentage. So uh, he threw that out there at me, but what wasn't focusing on it during the season, but I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to be on. Hey, I, I definitely appreciate that. And well, let's go back and start your journey, man. You start out at Murray state. You transfer over to Northwest Mississippi Community College at the JUCO level. And I think the Last Chance You series on Netflix really shined a light on some of the struggles you guys go through in terms of some guys have academic stuff. The living conditions, you know, aren't five stars and you're away from your family. There's not a lot to do in a lot of these cities. Looking back, how did your JUCO experience shape you and your career looking back now with hindsight? Man, my uh, JUCO experience was was awesome. So as you said, a bunch, you see last chance you and um, you, you see them living in dorms kind of in the middle of nowhere. I was very fortunate at Northwest. Um, I actually got to live in an apartment. We had like really nice facilities uh, right by San Antonio is where Northwest was. And it was like right by Ole Miss. And then Memphis is about 20 minutes um, north of it. So my, I got, I got blessed with uh, having going to a Juco where there's a bunch to do, but Man, it's just, I mean, it's a grind, you know, it's cool because you're trying to balance the aspect of, of being on a team, but also worrying about your individual success because, you know, the goal of JUCO is not to stay in JUCO, obviously you're trying to get out and, you know, go to the best program possible. So, um, I mean, I just, I, I do think though, in JUCO, you really, you play with guys who really love the game of football, which is cool. And coaches too, because you don't have nearly as many coaches as you do at like a D1 level or, you know, just really anything like that. I think that's a common theme. All the JUCO guys that I've had on the show said that you have to love football to go through oh, that yeah. experience. Like you have to want to make it. Well, you go from there, you you commit to Sanford, you played Alabama. I mean, you played in the area at the high school level. Was that really the selling point is coming back to the state, playing closer to home? And, and was Sanford a program you were looking at coming out of high school? Yeah, so out of high school, um, I had plans of playing baseball and football at Sanford. Um, but, you know, they had – Coach Hatcher said this multiple times. They had a couple really good quarterbacks, you know, Devlin Hodges, um, Chris Oladoke, and Liam Welch. And so they didn't really need a quarterback. So uh, they offered me to walk on, and so I ended up going to Murray State. But it was definitely uh, um, coming back to, like, home in Birmingham where I got a bunch of friends and family – um, definitely was a key aspect of my decision, but also just, you know, I, I have a bunch of friends on the team before and coach Hatcher. I mean, you look what he's done with all his quarterbacks. I mean, he's phenomenal, uh, head coach and just offensively he he's brilliant. So that was definitely a, another big uh, part of that decision. I mean, his experience, anytime you win the D2 Heisman and you've had yeah. a, a run of quarterbacks, I mean, Chris Ola Duncan, you know, was was a backup for a nat, uh, for the Super Bowl champion right. behind Patrick Mahomes. So he's done it at the highest level. And Devlin Hodges has multiple records that still stand right. at, across the SoCon and FCS. But coming into this season, 
Uh, let's just be honest. There, there was almost nobody picking you guys to win that first game of the year. That Thursday night game, Kennesaw yeah. State comes in, all the hype in the world. You go off, throw four touchdowns to kick off the season, and everyone said, "Okay, what is going on here? Who is Michael Hires? Where is Stanford coming from?" Because I talked to I talked to Coach Hatcher at SoCom Media Day, and he was honest with me. He said, "We lost a lot. Not a lot of people know what to expect, but I'm confident in this team." And you you really broke out. When did you know this team was going to be special? Man, I mean, just when I first got here, you know, everyone's such good like good friends, and everyone's really close in this team. We just kind of kept building a really good bond. And, you know, about halfway through fall camp, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because you're playing yourselves. But, you know, I really did think, I was like, I think we might have something special here. I mean, everyone just fought, compete. They, you know, they gave it all they had. And no one, when we went to Kennesaw, you know, we were, obviously they were favored. I think they were like ranked sixth or eighth. We didn't care. I mean, we really didn't care. No one was, you know, scared of them or anything like that. I think we just went out and competed. And, you know, we ended up, having a good game and obviously winning. So, you know, I really just I, – I think, you know, in the summers when I really kind of figured out that we might have a special special team. You guys are rolling. You suffer an unfortunate injury at probably the worst possible <laughs> time of the season. But, listen, uh, Sanford kept it rolling. You guys win a very, very competitive overtime game mm-hmm. and, I mean, make a big playoff run. Before we get into your comeback against North Dakota State – what was mentally? Because I don't, I don't think uh, mental health is a big thing. I don't think people realize what athletes go through when they're sidelined with injuries, especially going through a playoff run. For you, how did you stay positive, and what role did you step into for the team while you were trying to get healthy? Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, it's a tough situation because you're in the, you know, you're in the best part of the year. You know, playoff football, win or go home, is most fun you know, most fun part of the year. So it was difficult, but at the same time, you know, the team success is bigger than me, obviously. And so, I mean, my job at that point is how can I help Q be the best player he can be? Cause Q's a baller. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, that was kind of what I stepped into and I was going to try to be ready as much as, you know, go as much as I could, but I mean, yeah, I was just trying to encourage and, and help in any way that I could. Coming into the North Dakota State game, there was a lot of rumors on whether you were going to start, Q was going to start, what what the dynamic was going to be. Were you what was the, what happened behind the scenes? Were you were you pushing to take those snaps in the first half, or at halftime was it just listen, this is win or go home. We're, we're, we got to try something. Yeah, I mean, you know, me and Coach met a bunch before, and what we didn't want to happen was. Because when I played, when I started against Southeast Louisiana, you know, I, you know, I, I couldn't really, I mean, I had a broken wrist, right? So you're trying to throw as much as you can. And I ended up hitting my hand on a helmet on probably the third play of the game. And I just, I pretty much lost feeling in my hand, in my, kind of my wrist, arm area. Um, and I didn't want to do that again against North Dakota State because it kind of put Q in a bad position. So, you know, it started feeling better throughout the week, later on in the week. Um, and so we were kind of playing it by ear, seeing how the game was going to go. And we ended up right before deciding to start Q. Um, and then we were just kind of talking throughout the half. And I, I was about to go in with about six minutes left in the second, but they ended up having like a really long drive. And then um, we made a decision at halftime. But still, you know, at halftime, it's kind of hard because I was one hit away from losing feeling in my hand again. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of just if I get hit, then I'm done was kind of the thing. So, 
Yeah, that's a really tough situation, especially in an environment like that where you have a North Dakota State team who had a really good defense this year, especially right. in the front seven and in a place where they don't lose very much. I think they've only lost oh, yeah. like one game in the playoffs, maybe not ever there. So it was a really interesting situation. But we see in the FCS, history suggests teams that make runs get experience and they're more likely to make runs again. When you look at the team and yourself, what were the biggest learning experiences throughout the playoffs that you guys are going to really apply in 2023? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, to be quite honest with you, we didn't really have experience in that. You know, just the playoffs, you know, we had a big win um, against Southeast Louisiana. And, you know, that that's just a – I mean, quite frankly, that's a just a – got to learn how to travel, you know what I'm saying, and you go up there and then you just got to – I think the biggest thing is just missed opportunities. You know what I mean? When you're playing a team that's that good, um, and, you know, we played a lot of teams good throughout the regular season, but you just can't miss opportunities, uh, I would say, especially North Dakota State when they're going to try to control the ball. You know, our defense did a phenomenal job. They can only do that for so long, right? And, I mean, we just had to put some points on the board, to be honest with you. I completely agree. I was really impressed with Sanford's defense. I think they took a lot of lumps, especially in terms of media coverage and stuff like that. The offense gets a lot of credit. And I think that oh, comes yeah. with the Chris Hatcher with the Chris the Chris Hatcher effect is right. real in Sanford. But I thought the defense did great. I mean, that defense was very underrated, especially the linebacking core. I don't think the linebackers oh, yeah. for you guys got enough credit at all. But to talk about your head coach, he was one of my favorite interviews I got to have at SoCon Media Day. He's so honest, so personable. And I can only imagine – and I saw the locker room videos, man, where <laughs> you guys would win any game, and he would come in the locker room, and his energy was infectious. And I can tell how fired up you guys were to see him. What is your relationship like with him, and how is he with the team? How was he able to connect and motivate and really and truly be the face of this program? Man, Hatch is – I mean, like I said before, he's such a great coach. But he's, he really is an even better person. You know, he runs our quarterback room. So I see him, you know, I'm with him half the day. He's just he's just fun to be around. He's just a really funny guy. But like you said, he's he's got this just honesty about him. And just how he kind of says things and goes about his day is just, you know, it's just he's fun to be around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the post-game locker room, like everyone just kind of looks forward to that because – he, he gets it, you know, and he, he gets that we're all college kids and he wants us to have fun and truly enjoy, um, you know, not only enjoy football, but he's also teaching us how to be better men and just, you know, be, be better people. But he, he he's awesome. I mean, I, that surprised me. That's one. That's your favorite interview. Yeah, he, he just he just reminds me of like someone you would just want to go out and just like get a dinner with and just find out more oh, about yeah. him. Man. I, I, I love Coach Hatcher, but. We talked a little bit earlier about it, and you said that you weren't thinking about it during the season, and that's understandable because I, I know some guys don't like to look at the stats, but I don't think people understand coming from JUCO, your first season ever as a starting quarterback in college football at the FCS level, you set the FCS record for completion percentage. What do you what do you credit that to? Is it film study? Was it your wide receivers? Like, like break it down for me. How does that even happen, man? Because I don't think people realize you threw the ball over 400 times and completed, completed almost 80% of your passes. That's unheard of at any level of college football. I mean, you know, for me to throw a completion, the receivers obviously got to catch it, right? Which, I mean, you know, you're completing, I think, was 76, 77%. That means they got to, you know, and I miss – you know, I'm missing throws too. So my receivers are catching everything. Um, and they just do a really good job at getting open too, not just catching the ball. It's just, I got a lot of confidence in them. 
Um, and, you know, it's su- such a whatever answer, but the line, our, our offense line did a great job. The running back, we had great running backs that were good, not only good at running the ball, but great um, out of the backfield. Um, and then, you know, Coach Hatch just, he's so good at, at making my job as easy as possible. I mean, you know, he, how he teaches our offense is just, he instills a lot of confidence in me that, you know, I take through the game. So, I mean, yeah, credit to all of them, to be honest with you. They, he, they make my job a lot easier. I, I really do think I, there was a time of the year where, you know, I have a coaching show with, with Coach uh, Frederick from Alcorn State, and he was like, you know who's got the most underrated wide receiving core? Sanford. Oh, he yeah. was like, I don't know how they get open like they do, but he was like, every time that quarterback goes back, he's there's somebody flying down the field. Whether oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. And then I think Jay had that one game where he went just ridiculous in terms of like catching on the backfield at one point too. So oh, yeah. Jay those. and Jalen, I mean, they mm-hmm. were so good out of the backfield and just having, they just, they just kind of knew how to get open. And once they did, they'd make a guy miss. So they're really getting open field. Turning the pace to 2023, Michael, we know what it is. You guys last year preseason, I think you guys were voted seventh in the, in the conference oh, yeah. in the SoCon. Nobody was expecting it. Now, coming into 2023, it's going to be you guys at the top of that preseason poll. You guys are going to have the target on your back. Everyone's going to say, we got to build our team to beat Sanford. Do you do you personally feel, and does the team feel in the locker room, any pressure to repeat as conference champions? I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily pressure, but, I mean, I definitely think there's a – no one's satisfied. I, I would say that. I don't think anyone's like, oh, you know, what we did last year. You know, we've already kind of turned the page. You know, after we had our banquet in January, everyone's like, you know, 2022 is over. You know, there's a new chapter in 2023, so let's go repeat it. And, you know, we've had a great, like I said, we've had a great off season so far. And, I mean, I do think, you know, you know, the target's on your back. So, you know, you can get everyone's best shot. But at the end of the day, you just got to play ball, right? I mean, go out and compete every game and, you know, try to win one game at a time and see what happens. I love that. You said at the end of the day, students got to go out there and it's 60 minutes of football. So I like that mindset. But for you, I know I, just based off your answers before, I know you're not a big personal achievement guy, but every every player in the back of their mind has a goal for themselves or goals for themselves going into the next season. For you, going into your last year here at Sanford, what are your personal goals for the 2023 season? I mean, personal, obviously. I mean, first, I want to win a SOCON championship, right? Then, you know, obviously, you know, last year we we got pretty close to get to the quarterfinals. I mean, like to take that next step and make it to the national championship, right? I mean, and then, I mean, you know, those awards and all that, like, you know, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't want to win the Walter Payton Award or, you know, all the other awards. I'd be lying to you. But that's a that's a product of ju- of – want everyone else's play because I can't do that all by myself. And then, you know, just like I said, going to play every day. So, I mean, I think if you focus on it, you're you're probably not going to be very successful. But if you just go in every day and try to do your job, I think it'll end up stacking up. So, you know, we'll see what happens, right? And, you know, just some more lighthearted questions here. I love asking quarterbacks about this. I get such a wide array of answers. (laughs) If you had one route to throw, your favorite route to throw? If you if you could just go in the playbook and pick something, what's your favorite route to pull out of the playbook? Man, I mean, I love throwing the deep ball, so probably go. We'll probably go with like a little post or something. I, 
it, there's nothing better than, you know, throwing a post perfect and seeing your receiver run under it and then score. So we'll probably go with a post. Uh, hey, as even as a fan, because I played offensive lines, so I never did anything like that. It, it's is very satisfying to see a post route. That's got to be one of the most beautiful plays, especially executed right. Oh it, yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's and there's nothing play. more. There's nothing more fun too than seeing you know all your linemen get excited too and celebrate oh, yeah. them. So I'm all in. You got as offensive lineman. There's always a plan. Two of you have to stay back to celebrate with the quarterback, <laughs> and then the other three got to get down there and get the wide receiver and celebrate. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it's tough on us. We got to get that conditioning up, man. We're bigger, <laughs> so if you hit like a seventy yarder, it's a little tough for us. But a little adrenaline, everyone, left though, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> everyone has a welcome to college moment, regardless if it's in practice in a game. What was your welcome to college moment? Man, so, you know, fortunately for me as a quarterback, I don't get hit in practice or something like that. So I'm trying to think of, God, that's a good question. I mean, I would just say to begin with, like, you know, you, I came in during fall camp, so right before, and, you know, you just kind of look at your schedule and you're like, this is not like high school. I got weights at six in the morning. I got a meeting right after that. Then we got practice and we got more meetings. You're like, good grief. You know, high school, you just had practice and then you were done. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I never I'm trying to think. That's a funny. That's a good question. I have to think on. Um, but I just, I, mean, I just specifically remember looking at my first fall camp schedule and be like, I, I was not ready for this. Yeah, I guess that's good for quarterbacks, too, because I've had some guys come on here and be like the first my first game. I, I got thrown in a defensive end and we're playing Virginia and the <laughs> dude across from me is a three time all ACC selection. So, hey, if it's just a schedule, man, that's oh, a great yeah. welcome to college moment compared to <laughs> right. some of the stuff we've heard on here. But NFL comparisons, it's so big. People love it. I always like hearing what players think of themselves. Yeah. Which NFL player do you feel like you model your game after the most? That's a good, that's a pretty tough question. I, I mean, I would say my favorite quarterback to watch, you know, everyone says Patrick Mahomes. He's just so yeah. unrelatable because so right. much stuff he can do is just unbelievable. But I, I love Joe Burrow. I love watching just his stuff and kind of, I like how he plays. I, I, you know, I like his awareness. I like how he carries himself and his just competitiveness, how he, you know, deals with his teammates. So, I mean, I would say if I were to try to model myself after someone, it'd be Burrow. I actually really like that comparison because I think there's times like because he's very, you know, he has his moments where he gets fired up, but he's very level headed and right. the command of the offense. And in the pocket, he looks so relaxed. And I can see that with you. Like, I feel like if you pull some screenshots of like, I think Sanford has some of you in the pocket, you're just like chilling. Like, don't even <laughs> like you're panicking at yeah. all. So I, I, I can see that. And then pregame routine for me, man, I'll be honest. I say this every show. I was so superstitious. I had a playlist. It had to be played in a certain order, a certain time. For you, how do you get ready for games on Saturday? I'm right there with you. I got, you know, I got a couple songs that I try to I try to play a little bit in order. Um, it changes every year. But, you know, I, you know, once you do the first game, if it works, you kind of stay with it. But I, I'm pretty calm before a game. I, I really don't get too um, riled up. I just try to stay pretty level-headed. But, I mean, you know, just try to get a good night's sleep, even though sometimes you don't do that before a game. Um, and then, you know, just listen to some music and, and try to look over my plays, and then I'm ready to go. I, I like it. Keep it simple. And I know quarterbacks have a lot more to do. As an offensive lineman, we have a lot more time for trash talking. We're going one-on-one with the same guy for 60 plays, and it gets a little heated in the trenches. But for you, 
Uh, we've seen some quarterbacks, Tom Brady, get a, get a little heated at times. Do you talk a lot of trash during the game? Do you respond to anything? Or are you just like, listen, don't worry about it. I'm going to hit this post route, and we're going to keep it moving. Uh, I, I get into it a little bit. Um, I'm pretty competitive. So I try not to talk too much, um, but there are definitely some times where um, I get a little heated and a little competitive and start talking a little bit. But for the most part, I try to keep it um, pretty composed. But it fires my uh, O-line up sometimes, so we, we got to let it out. Oh, yeah. As an offensive lineman, you got to defend the quarterback. If you hear him chirping, you're, you're involved <laughs> in the situation now. So, I, I'm, But you get to snitch on your teammates a little bit. I love this segment of the show. <laughs> The biggest trash talker on Sanford's football team right now? Uh, so offensively, you know, the whole line talks, and it, it's so yeah. funny. But <laughs> someone who sticks out for me is Luke Byrne, uh, number 54. He's a guard. He t- he talks a pretty good bit. So it's funny when see, he starts chirping with the D-line and linebackers. Yeah. And uh, Kendall got- White and also uh, K-Y, oh, yeah. number 84. He, he talked a good bit, too. So, he'd, he'd start talking to the other sideline when he got the chance. So. Mm, that, that, that's when you know they're good trash talkers. If they're talking to the coaches and the players on the sideline, oh, yeah. you know your trash talk has to be at an all-time high. But, yeah. man, looking just at just looking at your competition this year, who was the best defensive player you faced this season that when you look back, even if you had a great game, you were like, okay, he gave me headaches and I really had to bring it against him? Uh, does Jalen Carter count? <laughs> Oh yeah, you could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's that's a listen. That is, I forgot you got to play Georgia there for a second. Yeah, that is a very valid yeah. answer. Uh, obviously him, uh, and then you got the Nolan Smith. I mean, those guys are they're so good. Like I, you know, they're they're ridiculous. I mean, there's nothing much you can say about them. Um, man, I'm trying to think of individual players. Um, I mean, there were so many good players that. You know, defensive player, especially against I'm trying to think of some beat. Furman had some really good um, defensive yeah. players, Mercer and Chat. Um, golly, what's his name? Chat. Um, he's you know a, his number. A, I'm going blank. I know Chat number seven for Chat was good. He ended up getting hurt um, against him, but it was a D lineman. I'm trying to think of what number he was. Oh, the, uh, Maxwell nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. He was good. I mean, that whole D line was very good. You know. The, First series, you were kind of like, okay, yeah, they're, they're bringing it. So, we get, we got to have our A game. But, you know, our O-line did a great job. But I would probably say then. But, like yeah, I said, there are so many good players that – and we go so fast that half the time that I'm not even paying attention to them. So, just on the ball, on the ball. Yeah. Don't even worry about who's coming in. Now, I think that's I think that's fair because they had a uh, Jay Pearson, number 30, who was a Buck Buchanan yeah. award. Devon Shea's a three-time All-American. They had Todd Beckett, linebacker, 46. Yes. As well, and I think you're talking about Cam. Um, I might have been talking the Pearson guy was very good. Though. I mean, they're all so you know what I mean. Oh, they, yeah. they were all very good. So, and looking at your game, I, I'm I, you're coming into your final season. You're going to be in a preseason FCS All American. And looking at the draft class, you're probably going to be the top FCS quarterback coming out in the next draft. Have you have, have do you have any feedback? that you've gotten so far on things you need to work on or, or things that teams want to see from you going into 2023? Yeah, man, I mean, I really haven't gotten much feedback from that level um, about it. You know, me and Coach Hatcher talk all the time, just just some stuff here and there. But, I mean, I just think, you know, obviously consistency. Um, I You know, I try to get my arm as strong as possible, try to get faster, quicker, you know, just better – pocket awareness, um, you know, just all the little things, try to tune them up. But 
there there hadn't been i mean obviously there's so much to work on but there's not one necessarily one huge thing you just try to tune up everything and be as good as i can possibly be and the final question i and this one i I know i've had some people reach out and say this is one of their favorite questions and it's just if an nfl franchise asks you what they're going to get and michael hires if they take you in the 2024 nfl draft what do you tell them I mean, I'd say they're going to get a competitor and a winner. I mean, I'm about as competitive as it gets. And, you know, I, I try I try to win as much as I can. And um, I've been pretty successful at that so far. So, I mean, I mean that would be my, my answer right now is, you know, I'm, I'm going to do anything I can to help our team win. Man, Michael, I, listen, I, these questions are scheduled for like 15 minutes. Man, we talked for 25 and it felt like five minutes. So I appreciate yeah. you for giving me a little bit of your time in the middle of spring practice. I know it's going to be a big year for Sanford, but it's all about player promotion, man. Let people know where they can follow you on social media, contact you for NIL deals, and any messages, things you want to say to all the people, man, this time is yours. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, my Instagram is michael.hires, H-I-E-R-S. Um, Twitter is michaelhires107. And then for NIL stuff, um, I've been using mchires107 at gmail.com. That's been the one I've been using uh, recently. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. It was a blast. Like you said, it, it uh, felt like we were talking for about five minutes. So had a really good time. It, it definitely did. And we're definitely going to have to get you on during the season, after the season, Absolutely. leading up to the next NFL draft. And I'm definitely hoping to see you at the uh, Walter Payton ceremony at the end of the year as well. I'm expecting a big year out of you and Sanford. But, guys, make sure to go follow Michael on all social media. we got to get all these FCS players Social media is their brands as high as they can get before they get to the NFL draft. But for Michael Hires, for myself, and for the Blue Bloods guys, we are out for right now. 